This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello, you are listening to the Blue Monday podcast. This is a three times weekly audio show looking into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club. My name is Benjamin Bloom. I'll be here each and every Friday for the Blue Monday preview show with a special guest to get their inside view on the next opponent for Ipswich Town. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is a new show for this season um, we hope it's going to be a big success um, been trawling through the internet to find experts for every single club and first up he writes for HITC Sport and is a blogger for the Birmingham Mail representing well, I would say in the blue corner but doesn't really work on this podcast um, Mr. Tom Heslop how you doing Tom? Yeah I'm not too bad sir Did I get your name? Did I pronounce the name right? Yes, you did pronounce the name right. Good. And how is that? Are you actually in Birmingham? Uh, yeah, I'm based in Birmingham. I'm not far away from the Cadbury factory. Oh, very nice too. Very nice too. Um, right. So we're just going to try and get the inside track a little bit from you on Birmingham. This is probably the hardest one of the season because neither you or I have got anything to go on whatsoever form-wise. And just a quick little one. Um, we are recording this on Monday. So there could be sign-ins. But, well, how likely is it that Birmingham are going to sign someone before Friday, Tom? I think Harry Redknapp's obviously voiced his uh, frustrations about the lack of signings at the moment. And after the game against Swansea on Saturday, he was hopeful of getting somebody in before the Ipswich Town game at the weekend. So I'd like to say it's about a 50-50 chance that we could have maybe one or two new signings in before the, the opener on Saturday. Okay, we'll we'll have to ingeniously take all this into account when we're when we're making our wonderful predictions. Um, we're going to start by talking a bit about last season, and it's quite interesting actually because the first game against Ipswich for um, Birmingham is actually pretty much the the massive turning point. So on thirteenth of December, twenty sixteen, Birmingham beat Ipswich two one with goals from Morrison and Donaldson. Uh, Webster scored for Ipswich to go into seventh position in the championship. Tom, what the hell happened next? 
Well, I think there was, there was obviously there were several things that that happened from there. Obviously, Gary Rowett departed the club, and I think there was a lot more to it than than meets the eye. Yes, there was the obvious. Oh, he wasn't happy with the the spending or the money that he was being given. But you also have to look at the stuff that wasn't um, wasn't out there. The fact that there were different clubs that he wanted to join. Fulham at the time were looking for for a manager about a month before Robert got sacked, and he he wanted to go to Fulham earlier in the season when when they offered him the job. Queens Park Rangers was one when Ian Holloway got appointed that that Robert was interested in. But then you look at what happened after. And our season just seemed to, to spiral into something that into a black hole. Gianfranco Zola came in and it was almost a, a way back into the game for him to come there. The owners of, of Birmingham City just sort of saw Gianfranco Zola as a big name player from when he used to play, but not management. And you could just see that he wasn't cut out for managing in the second division of English football because the football that he was playing... Yes, he tried to play attractive football, but in the championship, attractive football doesn't win your games. You've got to slog it, haven't you? Um, I saw Ipswich play Birmingham the previous season, and I thought that um, Rowett's team was kind of very sort of pragmatic. Their team shape was fantastic. You know, they were really well drilled and whatnot. Um, and I remember... Cotterill having a bit of flair and Donaldson being a handful. But let me is Rower actually as good as everyone thinks he is? Or do they do people just feel sorry for him for the way he was treated and they think that he's kind of kind of better than he actually is because of the because of the headlines about him? Because all I saw was a kind of very I saw a well organised, pragmatic manager, but not necessarily a um I don't know that that creative a manager how, how good actually is he well if you look at the way he he turns the club around I mean when he took over from Lee Clark the the club were were again down there at the bottom of the league they looked like that they could be heading down into league one for what would have been the, the second time in two seasons that that we looked like we were going to go down but Rowe actually came in he boosted the spirits he didn't do anything fantastic with the team. He didn't try and change it, change the system. He, he spoke to the players and he sort of said, look, we'll, we'll go from here. We need to just build from the back. He brought Michael Morrison in the uh, two days after he came in and he built from there. Then, Where did Morrison come Mor- from, Tom? Uh, Morrison came from Charlton on a free tra- Originally, we had him on loan and then he brought him in as a free transfer. Because they had um, a signing, didn't they? He's been fantastic. Obviously, he's the club captain at the minute and he's just been brilliant for us. But if you look at what Rabbit was doing, like you say, he, he was a very structured manager. The football was never fantastic. The football that I watched, yes, he got you the results, but it was never attractive football. It was never uh, pass it round 50 times and then try a shot. If there was a chance there to take on the counter-attack, Blues were a very counter-attacking team under Rabbit. And I think that's that's what worked for him. And if you look at the way Derby started to play when he went to Derby, I remember them coming to Blues and in the 90th minute, Scott Carson got the ball on the floor, long kick up field and Tom Ince ran through and, and chipped the goalkeeper and, and they went away 2-1 winners. Rowett knows how to win football matches or he knows how to grind results out. And that is something that 
Gianfranco Zola just didn't know how to do. And I think that was the difference in it last season. That's in- very interesting. Um, do you think, just quickly, do you think Rowett can take Derby up? I think it'd be an interesting one because he's got players at Derby that that can win you, that will win you games, and that that will grind out results. So I think it's, I think they'll be in the playoffs this year. I just don't think they'll go up. No, I think I'm kind of with you on that. Um, so Zola comes in; he's in charge for 22 games. Uh, listen to this record: one, two, drawn seven lost 13, and by the time Birmingham come back to play Ipswich again, they've dropped from 7th position all the way down to 18th position. Um, So the second game is quite near the end of the season, and Ipswich are kind of fizzling out into 16th, and Birmingham are dropping, and Birmingham actually take the lead through grounds, and um, Ward scores a very lucky goal for Ipswich, actually, to... To get a draw, so Birmingham did actually take four points off um, Ipswich last um, season. You're welcome. Um, and then it goes a couple more games, and after the defeat against Burton, you are twentieth. Um, if uh, Zola had managed the final three games, would you have been relegated? Without a shadow of a doubt, we'd have been relegated. I think you look at the way the results were going. We were never picking up results. I looked at the. I was at the. Burton Albion game and Blues just uh, they didn't have a shot until the 93rd minute that that just says it all about Gianfranco Zola's reign and that was what put Burton over the top as well that that game as well three points against a rival at that at that point in the season right yeah but and I think Burton showed that they wanted to stay in the in the division I think if Gianfranco Zola had stayed at, at Blues we'd have been in league one this season so tell me honestly because we know about Harry's reputation. <laughs> what, what did you think when his name started getting mentioned and he, he comes in for the last three games, typical um, typical red nap. Um, oh, well, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a miracle worker. I haven't got a contract. I'm just oh, all of this typical Harry stuff. Uh, tell me honestly what you thought. To begin with, I was a bit sceptical. I, I looked at it and I thought, no, it, it just, it, it's not going to work out. The team just... We can't do another another Gary Rowett sort of thing where he was picking up the pieces of a, of a manager before that was just leading the club down a dark alley. When he came in, I was a bit, I was a bit like, oh, I'm not too sure. I actually, I did an interview with Talksport at the time about it, and I said, look, I don't think he's the right man for us. And to be honest, to, to Harry. He's been in the game a really, really long time and he knows a lot more about football than I do and that I probably ever will. And he actually turned things around. And for me, after watching the game against, I believe it was Huddersfield, when we went down to 10 men and we ended up winning 2-0, we, we just, uh, it turned my head and I, I was think, and I thought from there, look, we could actually do this. And we went to Bristol City on the last day and, and we did it. And I spent 10 minutes of the Bristol City game with my head in my hands because I, I just couldn't watch. <laughs> it's horrible, isn't it? I always remember um, Van der Vaart saying about Redknapp, saying there's there's literally no tactics. It's all just motivation. But in game, apparently he's absolutely brilliant. Um, as soon as, you know, if anything happens against the team he's managing, he can react to it and switch round and make good substitutions. So you're, you're never going to get, you know, kind of, silky tactics and strange formations but uh, the reputation is that in game he's 
he's just very, 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 very good. So, and that probably goes by what you were saying in that um, weird old Huddersfield game. But so he comes in, Tom, and gets six points from the last three games, which is probably about five times Zola's points per game, and saves you. Um, we had an interesting one at Forest on the last day of the season where you got this great club, Forest, doing a pitch invasion um, because they've avoided relegation by two goals. Did you feel Did you feel happy at the end or was it like, what, what the hell is going on here? Well, I think it was, it was, it was a, a jubilant scene at, at Bristol City and I think we emulated what we did at uh, Bolton in the two thousand in the two thousand and thirteen fourteen season, I think it was. Just um, when, just remind our listeners, um, Tom, because nothing exciting has happened to Ipswich in about sixteen years. So, what happened on the last day at Bolton? Because this is awesome. So obviously, we we were two nil down. Um, Lucas Djukovic had just put Bolton two nil ahead, and at that point, we were Birmingham City were going down to League One. It, it, we looked dead and buried. Then the ball got played over to Mitch Han- Hancock at, at left back. He swung the ball in. Nikola Zigic, towering header, goes in the bottom corner. Things start to look interesting. We find out that, that Doncaster are behind at Leicester City. We need one goal to stay up. And the ball comes in from Jordan Ibe. Zigic heads it down onto the line. It's cleared off the line. The fans are going mental. And then all of a sudden, Paul Cardis, who's the smallest man on the pitch, Pops up out of nowhere with a header, equalises in the 93rd minute, takes it to 2-2 and Blues stay up on goal difference. It was absolutely unbelievable scenes. I've never seen people jump from (laughs) 10 rows behind me to end up 10 rows ahead of me. It was unbelievable scenes. And then to have that again at Bristol City where you think to yourself, things were so good earlier in the season. We could have potentially got promoted how well we were doing or even got to the playoffs, to then be in that situation, to then walk out of Ashton Gate knowing that you're going to be in the Championship next season with Harry Redknapp as a manager, it's just, it was a, a feeling that actually topped Bolton because of where we knew we were going to be this season and where you could see us progressing to. Sure. So, um, last time Harry was here... Um... He was with Pompey. I looked it up earlier, although he had some ridiculous players there. He had Merson and Todorov and Matt Taylor. Um, and he had a right old fun old time and he scored 98 points with Portsmouth and went went right the way through. Obviously, he doesn't quite have that spending power and a lot has changed since 2001, 2 or 2, 3, whenever. The 2001s, I can't remember. Um, so... He's brought in a um, particular favourite of mine, actually, Roberts from Barnsley, who statistically is the best header of a ball in the entire division. And he's only 26 as well, so that looks like a great signing, doesn't it? From the from the few games that I've seen of it, obviously we've played five games in pre-season, and the games that he's played in, he has looked an absolute steal at three and a half million. I mean, in today's transfer market, you can't get many... Club captains, especially in the championship, for for that amount of money. And I I was at the Swansea game at the weekend when we lost 2-0. And they had Jordan Ayew up front. And I'm telling you now, Roberts made Ayew look like a League One striker. Yeah, Roberts 
Robles he was is a super, beast, isn't he? Yeah. He was he was superb throughout the game. And yes, we lost 2-0. But because they went up a gear in the second half, you can understand it from a Premier League team. But Mark Roberts, Redknapp said it himself, he, he will be a Premier League player in the next two years. Um, is he going to team up with Morrison then? Is that the plan? Well, the plan is for him to team up with, with uh, Michael Morrison at the moment. But with Ryan shot on rumour to be to be leaving and him possibly going to Middlesbrough. There's then talk of Bristol City's Aidan Flint coming in. And I think if Aidan Flint comes in, then you've got to look at actually who Roberts partners with rather than who Morrison partners with. Because I think Flint and Roberts together could actually be the best championship defence. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Uh, partnership. Yeah, that's they're, they're kind of the two trendy um, championship players, aren't they? Flint and... Roberts and we had um, Chambers play every minute. I think Flint was the only other outfield player last season in the championship to play every minute as well. Um, the one that surprised me: why would Stockdale bust his ass all season, slog to get promoted with Brighton, and then immediately leave before playing a Premier League Premier League game? I mean, it's good for it's good for Birmingham, obviously. But have you got any insight in that one? You say that, and I think it, it is, it's, it's a very strange one, really, because I don't think anybody was expecting Blues to sign a goalkeeper, myself included, because obviously Kuzak's a good keeper and Adam Legstins is a good keeper. A goalkeeper for us wasn't high on the agenda, but signing the best goalkeeper in, in the Championship from last season just goes to show the pull that Harry Redknapp has. Yes, he's been frustrated with his transfers at the minute, but the players that he's brought in, especially Stockdale and Roberts, it just goes to show the pull that Redknapp has. And I think it it will pay off for Blues in, 
in the next month with the before the transfer window closes. Sure. So, what was the deal with with Gardner? Because in my research, it said that had completed, but he was there last season as well, Gardner, wasn't he? Or was was is this a loan converting to a? Yeah. So, so, so he came in on loan in January. It was one of Zola's transfers, and it, it, there was a deal put in place for him to sign a three-year contract at the end of the season. And I don't think it actually totaled to that much money. I think it was about a million pounds. And Gardner actually turned around to, to Pulis at West Brom and said, the only team that I want to join if I, if I leave is Birmingham City. And I think that's that's what's what's happened. And it, it turned into a permanent deal, I think, on the, on the 1st of July. OK, and he's kind of famed for his edge of penalty box shooting and whatnot. He's a good player, isn't he, Gardner? You say he's a good player, but last season he cost us a lot from certain positions. He's sort of, you'd say, renowned for his, his free kick, his, his dead ball uh, taking. But actually, the, his deliveries last season were were appalling, and getting the general consensus from quite a lot of quite a lot of Blues fans is that they would actually like Gardner to be a squad player this season rather than an actual first teamer. Oh, that's interesting. He'd get he'd get into our team probably. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, and and Doy on a free from League Un. Do you know anything about this fella, Senegalese fella? Well, again, I watched him. I've watched him a few times already this preseason, and he's just the sort of player that I think is going to fit in superbly in the Championship. You always need. A big player in your team, and 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 Doya, I think he's about six foot four, six foot five. He just looks so comfortable on the ball, and his first touch, his passing to players, he, it it looks really good at the minute. And I know that's only pre-season, where teams aren't all together up to scratch. But as soon as he gets up to full fitness and gets to learn what the championship is about, I think he will be a fantastic player for the club. Okay, so let's look ahead at what sort of team we're expecting you to line up. I'm just going to give you the numbers from um, last season because you can normally figure out just based on sort of pure um, statistics kind of who you're expecting to see. Um, So top in appearances for... Let me just press a button on my laptop... Uh, top in appearances for Birmingham, Shotton 43, Grounds 42, and Davis 40. Um, top goals, Jukovic, who we were actually linked with at the time um, he went over to Birmingham with 11, Adams 7, Donaldson 6. Top assists is Cotterell, who is no longer there, and then five players on three. So I'm assuming your team is going to be built around those names plus these new signings, Roberts, Stockdale and Ndoy in particular. Can you kind of you kind of mark our card for Saturday based on what you've seen pre season? So from what I've seen pre season and just I know you said Cotrell had gone there, but he's been told he's free to leave, he's not actually left yet. Oh okay. Um I always liked, just I always liked Cotrell actually, thought he was a good player, yeah. Yeah, I've 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 always liked Cotrell, but if if we go ahead to the game and look at the sort of team that I think Harry's going to line up with. it have to be uh, Stockdale in goal. Right back would be Emilio and Sue. Centre-backs, these are without signings. Centre-backs, I'd have to say, would be uh, Morrison and Mark Roberts. Left-back, I would have to say Jonathan Grounds. 
then if you look at the way he's he's set up from the the midfield upwards, um, right we, right midfield would actually be Dave Davis. That's where he sort of played throughout pre-season. Uh, your two central midfielders, I'd probably go with and and Doy and Gardner that we mentioned earlier. And on the left, I'd have to go with Jack Magoma. And then if Jukovic is, is fit because he hobbled off on, on Saturday after about 40 minutes, then I'd have to go with Jukovic and Adams up front. That's brilliant insight, um, Tom. Thanks for that. Um, so, assuming, and I must reiterate, we're recording this on Monday and this game involves Harry Redknapp. So, there's any chance any signing could possibly happen there. But um, how, how happy are you with the team? Is that is that strong enough to get a good finish? Uh, personally, I don't think it is. I think we're actually lacking in in quite a few areas. Defence for me isn't a, a problem position. Defence sounds understand. good, doesn't it? Yeah, Defence for me doesn't sound like we need we need reinforcements in it. Ryan Shotton obviously is a little bit disgruntled at the minute with the fact that Mark Roberts has been brought in and that he's been pushed back. Despite him being the most consistent player last year for us, he's been pushed out. Um, so for me, I would say that we actually need at least two new wingers, uh, a right wing preferably, uh, and another another central attacking midfielder, and I'd actually say another two strikers. Wow. Just because I think with Jukovic being slightly unfit and Donaldson coming to the end of what I'd say was his playing career, Blues don't have another striker on offer, and I think... There was talk of Jordan Hugel coming in from from Preston. Uh, I believe there's a four million pound bid on the table that that was recently rejected, and then there's talk of Abel Hernandez coming in from Hull City. But I don't think Blues will break the ten million barrier for him. Wow, Hernandez! I was going to say um, Hugel's kind of big bruiser like Jukovic as well. Hernandez scored loads for Hull last time he was. I think he, he scored down. twenty. I think he scored twenty-two goals in yeah. thirty-five games for them, which is a phenomenal, phenomenal turnout for them. And I think he's the sort of player that that we need. But I'm just not confident that that Blues will go forward and spend that sort of money on a player. The problem is, we were saying on our main podcast time on Monday for guaranteed numbers in the championship for someone who has got fifteen to twenty-five goals in the past couple of seasons in that division it's it's 10 million now isn't it it's yeah you know that's you you can gamble on a lower premier league guy or a lower division guy but if you want a somber longer Rhodes hernandez it's 10 million isn't it it's the the money that's been brought into the championship you can see from the teams that have come down from the premier league so you look at the lot obviously aston villa spent upwards of 80 million last season and it just goes to show that even if you spend that sort of money you're not guaranteed success Villa really struggled in the championship last season I don't think they will this season because of what Steve Bruce can do with them but they signed Jonathan Codger for for 15 million Scott Hogan for 15 million Ross McCormack didn't work out at 12 million but they've spent nearly 45 million on strikers there and teams just need to be able to spend that. Middlesbrough have come down. They've spent, I think, about thirty-five million on strikers, and, and you need to be able to spend money on a striker if you want to do well in this division. What, what about one million for Joe Garner? <laughs> First, a, again, 
it, it's where it's where you look for 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 a player. If you have the the knack of looking at, at players that you think can do well, then you don't you don't have to go out and spend ten million on a striker because, for all you know, Joe Garner next year could go on and score twenty five goals for you. Bloody you just so. you just you just have to get a striker that will will sit on the penalty spot that can score your goals. You need a striker that can finish the chances that are created. I think Britta Sombalonga going to Middlesbrough will actually turn out to be the best by the window. Yeah, I, I can see him. Well, he, he put three in, in, the, in the games against us last year, so he punished us. Um, before we make a prediction of how you see Saturday panning out, always interested when I go to away games and whatnot to just earwig and see what the perception of Ipswich Town is amongst opposition fans. So I will ask you, and you don't have to be polite, honestly, you, you'd probably be um, probably do well to be less polite than some of the Ipswich fans, actually. But as a Birmingham fan and just a football fan in general, what is your perception of Ipswich Town? For, for this season, I think it's going to be uh, another mid-table finish for you guys. I can't see you going any further than that. But some of the signings you've made, especially Emir Hughes, I really rate Emir Hughes because obviously he was at Blues a couple of seasons ago on loan and I thought he was the out, the outstanding player for the season. Again, Tom Adiyemi, another player who's, who's been with Blues, I don't think he should have left. But obviously I think you've got a fantastic signing in him. Mick McCarthy's a very experienced manager and, and I think he will look to push you on this season. But... I'm not entirely sure how far you can go. So for me, a mid-table finish would be respectable for Ipswich. Interesting. Um, and going to Saturday, uh, how do you see it playing out? Uh, as it currently stands, I think we could be looking at a very boring game of maybe a 1-1 <laughs> one, one or... Uh, it could Because it's the opening day, you can never... You can never judge things on what you've seen in pre-season. But for me, from what I've seen from both teams, I would have to go with either a 1-1 or maybe a 1-0 to, to Birmingham City. You think Mick and Harry would both shake hands on a draw right now, yeah? I, I think they would. I think a point to get the season up and running. Both teams, obviously, you don't want to lose Just the first don't game. Lose, yeah. Because you're on the back foot. Then I, I, think a, I think a point for both teams would, would suit. Awesome. Um, so, looking at it generally through the season, um, surely you guys are going to improve on 19th place and 53 points, yeah? Yeah, I think if if we don't improve on that, then there's there's got to be serious questions asked. And I think you have to question what, what Harry's motives were. But I think his main aim for the season is to get into the playoffs. And are the tales of a very, very big bonus that he got paid? Is that true? Uh, yeah, I believe it was £250,000 to keep the club up. For how many weeks' work? Oh, f- three weeks. <laughs> nice work if you can get in it. Good old, good old Harry. Um, okay, that's awesome, Tom. Thank you so much for the um, insight. Um, just for a little bit of fun because um, you've been stuck in championship seven years and us for yeah. 16. Who's your, who's your favourite Birmingham player all time that you've seen? Oh, all time that I've seen has to be Christoph Dugarry or Mikel Forsell. Go on, one or the other. Mikel Forsell. 
and this is in the Steve Bruce era in the Premier League. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's it. that. That is in the Steve Bruce era. Happy days, happy days. Cool. Right. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Tom. Um, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, at Heslop ninety six. And where can we read your wonderful work? Uh, you can read my wonderful work on Vital Birmingham or the Birmingham Mail. Uh, are my predominant uh, resources. Wonderful. So, um, thanks for Tom for coming on. If there's anybody listening wants to say thank you, give him a follow on Twitter, and um, you know, just don't hurl abuse at him like social media tends to give. <laughs> um, and when's the return match? Thirty first of March. Can we have you back on thirty first of March, twenty eighteen? Yeah, of course you can. Yes or no answer. Will Harry Redknapp still be Birmingham manager on the 31st of March, 2018? Yes. <laughs> He's confident. Okay. Um, well, I think this is going to be a good show um, this year. Thank you very much for listening. You can follow us on the podcast at Blue Monday ITFC. Uh, you can follow me at Benjamin Bloom. Um, we're on the facebook.com slash Blue Monday ITFC and you can buy a t-shirt just look at the pinned tweets and just scroll down the Facebook a bit or send us a message and you can grab one of our wonderful t-shirts thanks again to Tom for coming on we will be back on Monday with the normal flagship show me and Dave will be back after what Tom predicts will be a boring 1-1 draw with Mick and Harry shaking hands and giving up after 70 minutes Yes, right Tom say goodbye Right, see you later. And thank you very much, and we will see you on Monday. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club, because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.